Again, that's Matthew chapter 13, verse 19 through 26. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receive it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but doeth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the, the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into good ground is he that heareth the word and understands it, which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed seed, good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blades were sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. You may be seated. This morning we want to talk about wheat and tear. Wheat and tear. As I listened to the songs that were played on this morning, started out with, I will bless the Lord at all times, for he is good. He is good because he reigns with power. And because he reigns with power, my hallelujah belongs to you. Because, Father God and Jesus Christ, you deserve it. And because you deserve it, I will lift my hands and worship. And please receive my song of sacrifice and praise. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Once again, we want to talk about the wheat and the tear. And I ask that you really pay close attention and take heed because this is what's happening right now. This is what's going on in the church today. A natural seed is a ripe plant that produces after its kind. In this parable, the seed is producing wheat. Spiritually, according to Luke 8 and 11, the seed is the word of God. Naturally, wheat produces edible grain and flour. In our case, spiritually, we produce the fruit or the character of God. A natural tear 
is a weed that does not produce anything. It looks like wheat, but it's not. It grows alongside and among the wheat. Spiritually, a tear are those in church, but the church is not in them. They look like Christians, but are not. They grow along aside those that are and get attached. In the natural sense, the world adds tears as a weight to make it seem as if there is more wheat than what really is. In many churches, you will find wheat and tares mixed, and it seems as if there are more Christians than there really is. Just like tares are mixed in the world naturally, there are tares mixed in the church spiritually. Let me show you two things. Look at Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, starting in verse 36 through 38. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. Have you noticed in your life today how God has given you favor? Among those in the world. Have you noticed in your own life how he has taken care of you? In verse, verse 37 it says, And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men besides children. And a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds, even very much cattle, there were Egyptians that followed Israel out of Egypt. As we grow in Christ in the church, there are some that don't know what you know. And we must be careful with them. Let me show you why. Turn to Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11, starting at verse 1. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost part of the camp. Remember, Egypt was mixed with Israel. Just like the world has been mixed with God's chosen. Verse 2 says, And the people cried unto Moses. And when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. They recognized they had sinned and angered God. Moses prayed, and God's anger resided. And he called the name of the place Tabira, because the fire of the Lord burn among them. Now look at verse 4. And the mixed multitude, being Egypt and Israel, that was among them fell a lusting, and the children of Israel also wept again and said, 
Who shall give us flesh to eat? Can you see this today? Just like Israel was influenced by the Egyptians that followed, God's people are now being influenced by the world. The world has joined the church and has put their spin on what is righteous unto them. And because what the world thinks is righteous in the church, the church thinks it is righteous with the world. Where is God being in control anymore? The mixed multitude fell lusty, which means the children of Israel was right there among them. Today, the world is out there fighting and protesting. And the church is right there protesting right among them, thinking it's right. We who are strong must bear the infirmity of the weak. We don't protest with them, but we pray for them. Well, what's, what's prayer going to do for them? Well, let me ask you, what's protesting doing for them? Don't allow them to tear you down where they are. We must pull them up to where we are. We are, or what are you today, should I ask this question? Are you weak or are you tear? Do you bear weak or are you bearing weight? Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you as weak. Sift means strain. It means to examine and sort. Satan wants to separate you from God and his word. He wants to examine you, sort you, and put you through a strainer. Jesus said, I have prayed for you. Satan does not pray. He prays. P-R-A-Y is what Jesus did for us. P-R-E-Y is what Satan does. It means he wants to hunt and catch you for food. Amen. Satan goes to and fro, yeah. seeing whom he may devour. Yeah. Satan already has the tares. Mm -hmm. They are dead weight yeah. that produce nothing. Jesus didn't just pray for Peter. Listen to what Jesus said when he prayed to his father. Go to John 17. Verse 3. And this is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. In order to obtain eternal life, you must know who life eternal is. First, having life is living. It means to exist. Eternal is without beginning or end. It is infinity. It is forever. Changeless or unchangeable. So in order to know and have the life, that is infinity or changeless, in order to obtain and have this life, 
You must know the Father and the Son. Jesus said in verse 4, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. In other words, Jesus gave honor and praise to the Father on this earth while he was here. He worshiped him highly and exalted him. He finished what God sent him out to do. Amen. Verse 5 says, And how and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Jesus desired was to be, be again like he was in the beginning. Think about this for a moment. Do you remember how, how things used to be when you pulled out that yearbook that you got? Or, or brought out that photo album back in the day when you had the afros? I'm talking to my generation here. Or if you want to go further back when you had the process, burning your hair and turning it red. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Do you remember that? Does it, does it take you back? Uh, does it make you think about what you used to do? Whether it be a certain car or a certain person going to White Castle? Somebody say those were the good old days. I mean, I could, I could just think back in, in my high school years when Burger King just came on the scene. You could go get a Whopper, order fries, and a drink, and get change from a dollar. A dollar ain't going to get you a drink. Yellow fries. But I can remember, those were the good old days. And the Whopper was a Whopper. Today, and then but a hamburger. Then you didn't have a care in the world. Now, write these scriptures down. I'm just going to go through them right quick. In John 1 and 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Then in 1 John 5 and 7, it said, for there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. And of course, John 1, 18 said, no man have seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. You see, in the beginning, what God said, Jesus said. What God did, Jesus did. There was nothing said or done without Jesus. He was in the bosom of God and declared him. Jesus wanted to be back where he was in the beginning. Now look at Colossians chapter 1. Verse 15 and 16. See, we're we going to just let your fingers do the walking a little bit for, through the biblical pages. Colossians 1, 
15. This is Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. What Jesus is doing in John is declaring the Father. When he was there, so was I. What he said, I said too. What he did, I was doing. Father, I want to go back to that and be with you like in the beginning. Now, let's go back to John 17 and 6 because I... You, you could go a long way with that. I mean, just, just the relationship that, that Jesus had with the Father. And because he had to, had to come down in this sinful flesh, he could not speak as the Father spoke, but he had to listen and do as the Father said. But Father, I want to go back to that same where we were together, so where everything that's said, we say together. John 17 and 6, it says again, I have manifested thy name unto the men, which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Jesus made the Father's name known to all by the life he lived and what he taught and what he said. And all the Father gave, they kept his word. Jesus said in verse 7, now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. What? By the doctrine? By the healing? By the miracles? They knew him. They were taught by him. And they believed who sent him. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. And they have received them. And have known surely that I came out from thee. And they have believed that thou didn't send me. Saint, Jesus didn't add or take away from what the Father said. Amen. Amen. Jesus didn't get into politics. In fact, let's look at a political situation in the scriptures. Matthew 22. You don't learn nothing else today. You learn what Jesus did. In fact, that's that's what we should be talking about in here anyway. Is Jesus right? Amen. All right. Watch this. Verse fifteen. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. The world is going to out talk you or trap you in what you say. They don't want you to have understanding. And they don't want you to give understanding. Verse 16 says, and they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Well, if you know that, how come you ain't following? <laughs> Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. They trying to set him up. They trying to use trickful words in order to trick him. Trap him. Well, how many of you know you can't trap Jesus? 
You can't trick Jesus. Before you was going to say something, he already knew what you was going to say. Did you forget that we said he was in the bosom of the Father? He declared him. I already knew. I knew you yesterday. I know you today. And I know what you're going to think tomorrow. The Pharisees tried to trap him. The Sadducees tried to trap him. And now the Herodians is trying to trap him. Look at verse 17. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Or you're going to bring money into this thing now. Ain't that what the world does? Always trying to bring something in and trap the church. But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, you hypocrites? I'm going to call it just like it is. This is what you are. Do you know if you call somebody a hypocrite today, they're going to pull out a nine. You sure love got to be in Jesus. Then you got to say, Lord, don't let that gun go off. You hypocrites. What do you think the world is trying to do in the political arena today? Politicians and lawyers are in the pulpit. A politician is there trying to promote what's coming, and a lawyer is in the pulpit trying to say what they didn't do. Jesus said in verse 19, show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. <laughs> Couldn't be a quarter, right? Just a penny. Couldn't even give me a dollar, a penny. A penny. And he says unto them, but see, it's good enough. You ain't going to trick me with a penny either. Whose is the image and superscription? Superscription. See, whether it's a penny, whether it's a quarter, whether it's a nickel, whether it's a dime, whether it's a dime, all of them got an image on it. All of them. They said unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, okay, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God, the things that are God. Does that make it plain? So in other words, let the politicians stay where they belong and we'll keep Jesus where he belongs. Huh? You, you continue to go into the arena and bring your politics and try to promote yourself and we will stay in the church and we will promote Jesus. Remember what Jesus asked his disciples? Who do men say? I, the son of man, am. Question. Without any reservation, without any hesitation, can you answer this question? Do you know and believe who he is? Would you be willing to go to jail for Jesus? Would you be willing to die for Jesus? I don't, be careful now. Don't, don't, don't answer so quickly. I, I heard some quick, answer, quick answers when they said they were ready to go to jail. I want you to remember, Peter was willing to lay down his life. But when the time came, he denied him. Not once. Three times. So I ask you again, 
that you may just think about it and don't answer. Are you willing to die for him? Not yet, Lord. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm willing, I, I believe, I, I hope so. You see, you see why we in church? So we can, we can get ourselves squared away to regardless, we can, we can begin to say, I am fully persuaded that nothing is going to separate me from the love of Christ. Not principality, not power. See, Jesus said he created all those things just like he created me. And whatever he created, he is over. I, mean, I, I remember uh, just, just back in the, the day and, and giving my son some toys and getting Legos. And, and he'd take the Legos, he'd start putting things together. He was the creator of what he put together. And guess what he had the power to do? Take them apart. They were his. Don't you understand that we are his creation? And he has the power, the ability, the right, the choice to do anything to us, with us that he wants. Amen. But I'm so thankful that he is so merciful yeah. and he is so kind and he is so good. You know, I, I, heard, I heard a preacher, I heard a preacher uh, yesterday and he making a comment. He said, it's a good thing that I ain't God. <laughs> he said, because if I was God, he said a whole lot of folks wouldn't make it. You talking about me, you out. <laughs> you mad at me, you gone. You, you didn't do it, you, 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 you uh-uh. He said, I, he said, I'd zap all of you out. If some of us was gone, would nobody be left. We'd be here all by ourselves. Let, let, me, let me create again. And then when you think about it, I was wrong, zap yourself. But I'm so glad that he is who he is. And we are who we are. Back to John 17. Look at what Jesus said in verse 9. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Jesus prayed for Peter. Jesus prayed for the disciples. He did not pray for the world. Now drop down to verse 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Do you know that when you accept Christ, he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light? In other words, he's brought you out of the world. You are still in the world, but he brought you out of the ways of the world. Jesus gave them the words that came from the Father. As a Christian, Whose words do you echo? As a parent, are you the friend of, or are you the teacher? As a Christian, do they see you or do they see Christ in you? Are you becoming a leader or a follower? 
Jesus said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. When you receive Christ, he is not going to take you out of the world. And, and, and the way we see things going on today, we are so, Lord, please. No, no, you, no, that ain't what you really, really want him to do. For him to take you out of the world, that means you got to go. That means all the other things that you enjoy pleasurably will no longer be. Amen. How many are ready to give up all the pleasures of what you have today? It's, a, it's, it's quiet on, on conference court line, too. <laughs> See, I can think of the things that I don't want to deal with, but I also think of the things that I'm enjoying. You're willing to get rid of those things that you don't want, but are you also willing to get rid of those things that you desire? That's a good question, ain't it? Amen. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Again, he is not going to take you out of the world. However, he will give you the tools you need to deal with the world. That, that's what we need. huh? If I've got what I need to deal with what's going on, then I can even enjoy more so of what I like in the world until it's time for me to go. Verse 16 says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Let me ask you this. As grown-ups, how many see snow differently than when you were a child? When, when you was a child, you enjoyed going out there, jumping in the snow, snot running down your nose, didn't want to come in. But as a grown-up, I don't even want to see a snow. Huh? All I can think about is when I when it snows, it's a shovel, a snowblower, tractor, anything that's gonna remove. I can't go where I want to go because I'm gonna slip and slide. Rosie can't go to all, all of the shops because she ain't gonna drive. And I ain't gonna take her. Too much snow. Well, being in Christ, how many now see the world differently than when you did before you saw Christ? It's, it's a big difference. Huh? What you thought was fun, you find out is not as much fun as you thought. What you did before you received Christ, you didn't know, but there's consequences whether you receive him or not. Amen. But by receiving him, you can avoid some of the things that come up on you. It's, it's a difference. Now look, this is what Jesus said in 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word yes. is truth. 
Sanctified means set apart. We have been set apart by the word from the world. Because of what Jesus has done, we have been saved from a life of destruction. Listen to what Jesus says next in verse 18. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. God didn't save you to stay at home in your room. How many understand that? The life you have, let it shine. Share it. Show it on your job, at the school, in the store, at the airport, around your friends, when you socialize with others. At the restaurant, wherever you go, show and share. Y'all remember that? Show and tell. Show those that do not know Christ that you have Christ. You are there to show the world, to show all that comes near you, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And the best way to do it, that is when you're upset. That's the best time to show it when you're upset. Show them that when you think they get on your last nerve, that you still got one. You hold on. And even though you think I'm frowning, I'm going to turn around and you're going to see a smile. And you're going to wonder, what am I smiling about? I'm smiling because I'm showing you Christ. The Father sent Jesus, and Jesus sent them. But that is not all. Look at verse 19. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. So you will have a pattern Of how it is done. Jesus did it first. He's the firstborn among the brethren. He has not asked you to do anything that he has not done first. Verse 20 says, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Here Jesus shows he has not only prayed for the disciples, but he has included all of us as well. He has prayed for all who believe what they hear and read and all that is spoken by and through the disciples. Who do we ask or who do we talk and share Jesus with today? Do we share him with anybody? Now let's go back to Matthew 13. Where we started. We almost through saints. Matthew 13, verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes a wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. When you hear, 
but you don't understand the words spoken. Satan will stop you from beginning from getting delivered. He will do everything he can to keep you in the realm of being a tear. And, and do his best to tear you from the truth. He does not want you to bear or bring forth fruit. Verse 20 says, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and are known with joy receive it. Remember this. We sure had a good time. Anybody remember that? Saying, we sure had a good time. Well, what did he preach? I don't know. But we sure had a good time. Receive the word with joy, but don't remember what was shared. Yet, had he not root in himself, but do it for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by, he is offended. Because what you heard was understood, but didn't get rooted, you now become offended in what you hear. In order to avoid offense, the word must take root. You must continue to sit at his feet. You must continue to study his word. You must fellowship with the saints in the word. Because of offense and lack of root, the people of God and churches are now found in the state they are in today. Verse 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. The world has made things look and sound so good. They bring their ideas and introduce them to the church. They would have you believe it is okay. It's good. We have not accepted yet that the things the world are involved in are the things that draw us away. We must be careful and understand the world offers things that choke the life rather than provide life. 23 says, but he that receives seed in good ground is he that heareth the word and understands it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundred and some 60 and some 30. I hear it. I understand it. I receive it. I do it. I believe it. I share it. And I live it. Let's close with Hebrews 10. 23. 10.23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. When you have been taught and believed, hang on to it. Don't let nothing separate you from it. 24 says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We must show kindness, care, and love for our brothers and sisters, Amen. young and old, friends and family. Now, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together 
is so important, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. What does that mean? Going to church. Amen. <laughs> not forsaking our, the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is. How many know a whole bunch of folks Amen. is doing it? They bedside. Some of them become no side. But exhort one another. Can, can you receive this as exhortation today? I'm not getting on nobody. I'm just trying to exhort you. That you can become wheat and not fall into the category of tear. It says, the matter of some is, but exhort one another and so much the more. As you see the day approaching. Here's the thing. When you forsake, you first forsake the word given to you. Which causes you to forsake from the body of Christ. Forsake the word and the body of Christ causes your spirit man to forsake the Lord. When you do so, your body, your soul, and your mind suffers. Satan then begins to sift you as weak because you are weak. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours.